0: from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Hey, hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. This week, we are looking at a holiday. It is St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. And um, maybe you're a little bored of the same old corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes. Maybe you're thinking you could go for something a little bit more authentic than green bagels this year to celebrate. So I have a guest who is uh, very knowledgeable about uh, all those authentic um, Irish traditions, as well as farming, Irish farming. She lives on an Irish farm, and uh, but she was a city girl before, she, and then she started a blog all about it. And I'm so excited about her first book called The Farmat Cookbook, Recipes and Adventures from My Life on an Irish Farm. The authority on Irish food and farming. It is Emen McDonald.
2: Oh my God! Thank you. For Thanks so much for coming. Me. Thanks, Kathy. This I'm, is brilliant. I'm glad you could come across the pond for this show. Yeah, absolutely. It's really fun to be back in Brooklyn because I was. Um, I actually lived in Brooklyn Heights. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Before this whole life change. Before
2: this whole life change. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. So you, you moved for love. I move for love, and okay. um, um, somewhat reluct- reluctantly, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I think in a time where I think so many people are thinking of swapping over to quiet country farming lives. Yeah. Um, I wasn't exactly in that boat. I mm-hmm. was a little bit, um, a little bit more trepidous about, trepidatious about moving from the city, but love struck. And you know, I just I ended up over. Um, but initially, we lived actually in a little village in County Limerick called Adair, which is a very beautiful medieval village, and mm. it felt like it was kind of splitting the it's difference. Fairy tale. It was. It, it, it is a very fairy tale mm. kind of um, town. But uh, it would have um, kind of split, bridged the gap between maybe between cosmopolitan and then okay. complete farm country life. So eventually, we built our own farm, uh, our own home on the farm, and we live kind of intergenerationally on the farm mm-hmm. with my um, all of my in-laws. And so, all three houses are on the farm, and we live together. It's very interesting, very very different from any life I yeah. ever imagined. Yeah.
1: And what I love about reading um, your stories and recipes in this book is that you really reflect the the traditions, the age-old traditions in Irish cuisine. Because you're on a farm and because yes. you have, you know, buttermilk left over from separating the butter from the whey and because you have, like, um, you know, just goose fat to use in your larder and yes. um, all these things,
2: it just it, it's, it's, um, it makes so much sense. It's a real <laughs> honest way of living. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to say there's such providence in, in real traditional Irish recipes that I never would have guessed. I mean, I guess part of, too... Part of it, what was interesting to start writing about my, in my blog was um, exploring and understanding um, and being introduced to really traditional Irish recipes. Just living in the countryside with very old-fashioned um, family and neighbors and mm-hmm. community, um, so and learning, you know, about the soda breads and the tea bracks and the things like that that they they hold very dear but don't necessarily think is the most special thing in the world but for me there was just there's just a real providence i think to that and then coming and then i'd come back to the states and people Mm -hmm. would be like there's nothing good about irish food and Mm -hmm. i would say there's absolutely so much goodness in irish food that you have no idea so i was kind of on a Mm -hmm. on, on a tear on that for a long time um really just trying to look at what was positive about Irish food, and then obviously having to start to grow nearly everything that we eat. Yeah, because
1: your supermarket was forty-five minutes away. Yeah, is- <laughs> and then it wouldn't
2: have compared to like I really was into Whole Foods, and yeah, you know, all that and they of- don't have that. No, they no, it- they don't. They have it's getting closer, but anyway, the Whole Foods wow. are right on the farm. So yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I I was transported when I was reading this. I felt like if you asked me today if I've ever made butter, I'd be like, yeah, totally. Uh, wait, but I just read about it. Yeah. Um, but it just sounds so natural and so effortless almost um as a way of life just just through reading this but i wonder how do you how does a how do you hope a reader will take this and um i guess make do with it if they live in a city like myself and
2: um it's (laughs) interesting should should
1: i make butter at home
2: do you think that's practical well you know i actually just finished writing a piece for food 52 on Hmm. uh, like with um, that audience in mind, like okay. the city audience is like, give me a break. Like, why are we going to make butter when we can just go right around the corner and get the most amazing butter from wherever? From an Irish butter. From, from an New Irish America. butter, from <laughs> Kerrygold or whatever. Right. Um, but I will just say to you that it just literally. Um, takes 15 minutes like if you're having a dinner party Mm -hmm. and people are coming over you can just pop butter into your mixer if you have a stand mixer and within 15 minutes you have fresh butter and there's nothing better like and cream cheese like cream cheese on the best one i think out of all the diy dairy is Mm -hmm. is cream cheese especially if you're a brooklynite or live in new york like to have your own cream cheese wow it is wait do you make your own green bagels too to serve (laughs) (laughs) someone? we have jeffrey and i actually made bagels but not green ones (laughs) Yeah, I was desperate. Yeah, I do get really desperate for bagels in the countryside. I and mean, that's even just hard to find in Ireland. You can't get a good bagel at all. So you do make them on your own, but they're not as good.
1: Well, that's funny. Um, there's so many breads and so many traditional foods to talk about. But um, speaking of St. Patrick's Day, um, I know you have a little uh, section on that in your book. And, um, Amen, did you want to uh, kind of give us some tips or some traditional Cuisine guidance on that holiday
2: I would love to um, I, I'm actually I wanted to read a little anecdote From my book if I can find it here But basically um, St. Patrick's Day In Ireland Was just shockingly different for me okay. And and I, I suppose when I lived in, in The States I wouldn't have been Like a big big super party or for Saint Patrick's Day anyway, but I always knew that there would be corned beef and cabbage and maybe the odd river dyed green and you know, in bagels <laughs> green or whatever. Yeah. Um so when I when I had my first um, Saint Patrick's Day at the farm mm-hmm. first of all, it was so quiet. <laughs> no
1: drunking drinking, drinking no. songs and no okay.
2: Well, okay. So there would be that there is that so okay. there is in Dublin and Cork, and they call it kind of like wedding or drowning the shamrock, um, <laughs> but still it doesn't compare to what we do here, and when you 're in the countryside, like mm-hmm. in the local pubs would be open, people would go down for their normal pints or things like that um. But it w- its a religious holiday first and foremost in Ireland. That's the big thing. That it was like, oh my God, are you? How? I guess I Saint never Patrick. thought of it. It's, yeah, yeah St. Patrick. Saint Patrick. Okay. So I'll just read like the little um, story about the first my first St. Patrick's Let's Day. Let's do it. Um, okay. So in the Irish countryside, the spirit of St. Patrick's Day really lives on. My husband and his family still pick shamrock clovers to pin on their lapels for the day, and now I am now I am part of that special tradition as well. I will never forget my first St. Patrick's Day experience after moving to Ireland. Everything in the little village nearest to us was closed on the day. The post office, the bank, a number of shops. About the only place with open doors was the church and it it was not only a national holiday but a religious one as well. My mother-in-law invited us to the farmhouse for dinner and I could hardly contain my excitement about having my first authentic Irish corned beef and cabbage. We sat down at the dinner table while Peggy brought out generous plates of roasted pork loin with mashed potatoes covered in butter and creamy white parsley sauce accompanied by a by a bit of boiled cabbage on the side. I was stunned. Where was the corned beef? And why on earth was there so little cabbage? <laughs> I explained to my new family that in America, most people eat corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day. My father-in-law looked at me like I was mad and then calmly re- reasoned, we do not eat corned beef here. would not be the nicest. <laughs> I could tell by the look in his eye that corned beef was not held in the same esteem as the beautiful chunk of pork loin known as bacon in Ireland. I felt at once surprised and embarrassed. Over the years our Paddy's Day, and that's with two D's, not T's. Okay. It's very <laughs> offensive to say Patty with two T's, I guess. Celebrations have evolved. We have begun the ritual of going for long walks on the farm and visiting one of the few fairy forts, which are these amazing circular... Um, grass mounds that people used to live in um, in ancient times here so we might do a picnic in there and I'll bring all the fixings and we might sit under the ivy covered tree and nibble away all the time on the lookout for fairies. That was when Jeffrey Aww. was a little bit younger. <laughs> Since I always like to try something different from roast bacon and cabbage, one year I made Asian style pot sticker dumplings with pork, cabbage, and parsley sauce. Nice. Um, and I borrowed the, the dumpling wrapper recipe from Molly Ye, my friend. She's also I living know, on a farm yeah. in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, this recipe, recipe is for um, bacon and cabbage pot stickers, and that was my first experience. Huh?
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. Corn beef is not good enough for St Patty's day. It's
2: actually like spam. It's in Whoa. a tin that's what it yeah, so it's spam <laughs> that's why that's why he looked at me with the you know how like, did this catch on? I'm fascinated by how things catch
1: on in American, like, why, and, like, these things are just so, like, literally, my mom would make corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes every St. Patrick's Day, and she's not Irish. She's Chinese, by the way. Okay. So, like, this doesn't make any sense, but we all do it,
2: and, and why is it, why is that dish chosen for? I just think that, not, that I, I you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this um, diaspora, and they think that... A lot of these things just kind of evolved because it was an adaptation to what seemed the closest to mm-hmm. those flavors okay. when Irish-Americans, yeah. perhaps. Weird. <laughs> well,
1: looking through your book, there are a lot more impressive-looking dishes, um, like the the roast pork sort of like loin that is wrapped here and the crackling crust, sort of like a porchetta, it looks like. Um, and then you have this wonderful oxtail and ale pie. I mean that sounds. If that doesn't sound Irish food to you, I don't know what does. It's a bit fussy. Uh, it takes I, a
2: long <laughs> time, but it is so worth it. It is incredible, and it's such an um, economical cut to the oxtail. Mm, I know. I love it. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> of course. And then you... the
1: full. Tell me about full Irish slab pie. This is a very beautiful looking dish, um, and it's a pie like a meat pie. Like there's so many, you know. There's so many wonderful Irish um meat pies that I think that we've neglected here. but um this one just sounds particularly interesting. You know it there's the potatoes, and then there's a you know, baked beans inside. It's sort of like a whole like kind of meal, but tucked inside a pie
2: it is. and it yeah. kind of, it came mm-hmm. from entertaining guests, like mm-hmm. having people coming visiting the farm or extra farm ha- uh, workers, or people helping on the farm, and feeling like, it's hard to make. Everybody wants a full Irish, which is is every you know. It's the rashers and the sausages oh, and eggs and beans Irish. and mushrooms and puddings and. So basically, you know, if you can prepare it into this pie the night before, it can sit in the fridge, mm-hmm. and then you just pop it in the oven in the morning, and you have this huge pie, and it's just really you know can sustain for the day. Filling,
1: yeah. Um, we're gonna cut to a quick little commercial interlude and we'll be right back, Jen Moore. Okay, thanks. <laughs> All right. We're back chatting more with Emen McDonald. Um, The Farmette cookbook is her new cookbook. And um, let's talk about some lesser known Irish food specialties. Because I was surprised. Your book is very long, by the way. And I really appreciate that. Because you go through so many classic, but also your your own sort of renditions, too, on Irish food. Um, Okay. Buttered eggs. I like to think that I know a lot about how to prepare eggs. But this I did not. I never heard of
2: yeah so it's, it, it's just like a really old again one of those really old traditions that people a lot of people don't even do anymore but I came across mm-hmm. it and I said let's try this and it is incredible you rub the butter you rub the eggs in you butter rub an,
1: a, raw egg a raw egg with the shell on, yeah in butter and totally egg, in it, butter. it's
2: preserving it but what happens when you actually cook the egg is then this real buttery flavor comes through Wow it's wow. incredible and again like that takes nothing to do <laughs>
1: Sorry. And that's like um, Because the shell is all porous And uh, it just kind of Do you have to like let it Yeah the shells are porous That's I mean, amazing
2: Yeah It's a Brilliant It's Irish gold mm. That's
1: what they call Buttered eggs Irish gold I'm definitely going to have to try that Do so, also, um, maybe not not a lot of people realize that um, seaweed is part of the traditional Irish cuisine, and also known as dulse or dillisk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, you know, obviously kind of wild foraged, plentiful and very nutritious um, green <laughs> greens yeah. are just um, you know part of the diet. And uh, yeah, how do, how do they prepare
2: it? Um, well, you, it's usually dried mm-hmm. the dillisk, um, and then we I, in my book I have it in a miso recipe, a soup recipe Yum. for miso soup, and a little bit of dillisk. It's kind of peppery. Have you had mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. It's probably the same here, um, but it's so easily forageable. I mean, and, and the coastlines of Ireland are just filled with there's nori, there's everything. There's mm-hmm. um, you can make like the sea spaghetti, you know, sea like uh, crisps from sea spaghetti. Which is is that just like seaweed. a type of seaweed. It's a little yeah. seaweed okay. that really looks like spaghetti. It's green. Wow. And um, but yeah, you can get like even nori and yeah. And on the west coast, it's usually a little bit better right. to forage from than like the inland rivers and stuff. But it's every, I mean everything is tidal mm-hmm. in Ireland, so mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. So you can just get the dried seaweed and um, you, kind can of get, yeah, you can get you can get the dried seaweed from yeah. anywhere and it, it's really beautiful in butter too.
1: Hmm. So. All right. So, yeah, lots of sea- seafood eaten throughout these recipes. Um, and I love all the smoked fish that that is throughout. And the crab boil. Tell me a little bit about that. Because I thought we, when we think of a crab boil, we think of, you know, down south cooking in America, that is.
2: Yeah, I but, guess that's like there's a few recipes in the book that are just borrowing from American mm-hmm. things that I would have missed. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not from the south, but anybody loves a pet crab boil or Shrimp boil. So, and the thing about that, um, Kathy, is that uh, people don't eat a lot of crab and lobster and stuff in Ireland, even though it's plentiful, and it's wow. also very inexpensive. But fi- and fish in general has been a hard sell in Ireland, even though it's an island, because it would have been thought of as something that was more... For Poor po- man's food. Yeah. So, but it's just, I mean, <laughs> the amount of fish and seafood there is, a, you know, it's... It's just insane. So um, you can get these crabs that they look kind of, I suppose, like dungeness crabs, or they're mm-hmm. called. Carry uh, they're brown crabs, and they're like two euros each. For hmm. a big crab like that, <laughs> so just to have a bunch of people over and throw it out on the table in the summertime, sipping cider. Have you tried
1: introducing this to to people to kind of get them into? Oh yeah, we do it. Yeah. Shellfish, yeah. A little and bit at more? first,
2: for the, especially with you know, because most of our friends are obviously Irish or English, and they're a little bit like, wait a minute, are we eating with our hands? It's very bizarre. Um. Um, but then it, you know, it just turns out to be mm-hmm. so much fun. Hey, yeah. hey, you might be, you know, making impact here in Irish cuisine. We'll see. The um, other thing that's really nice is this, actually, I think, sorry, the, mm, um, no. the fish, I love the sea chapter. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite chapters because I uh, probably, because I love seafood, but the Dublin lawyer, which is a... Dublin Lawyer. It's a classic Irish (laughs) dish. And nobody knows why it was called the Dublin Lawyer. Because lawyers aren't even called lawyers in in Ireland. They're called solicitors. So I'm not sure what that meant. But... um, it is. Like it's a. It's a butterfly. It's a butterfly lobster, but wow. the it has a whiskey, buttery cream sauce.
1: Mmm, whiskey. It's, it's
2: dangerous. Lovely. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds like a great seafood sauce. Yeah. yeah. It's, Instead of
1: white wine. Yeah. yeah whiskey.
2: Oh, Irish whiskey.
1: Um, and then there's also. I, I noticed. You know. There's a lot of use of alcohol in some of these dishes. <laughs> I'm noticing um, that. Uh, the oysters and stout. So you huge just tradition. That's a huge tradition there. Okay, yeah. so
2: how how does one get into this? How do you eat it? Uh, it's just raw oysters shucked. They're just shucked and you just, you know, you just pour them down and then follow finish, it with, finish, the finish, with, with the really thick stout. <laughs> Doesn't have to be Guinness. Oh, okay.
1: Um I loved the the one really simple dish. Um and you should just tell me what your favorites are too cuz I'm going off on my, you know, favorites. But um the The potato with the cabbage, and uh, they had a funny name, the coal p- cannon. Cole cannon,
2: yeah. Now that if you're doing a, if you're going to do anything on St. Patrick's Day, okay. like with your mom or whatever, mm-hmm. do cook like just a it's a real buttery mash, and it just either has chopped up cabbage or kale through it.
1: Buttery mashed potatoes with chopped up cabbage or kale throughout.
2: Yeah, that and,
1: sounds like the perfect like you know
2: doesn't meal, that just sound for par- home. that's yeah. all you need oh my you God. don't need anything else and if you want to do so that's Colcannon mm-hmm. in the northern part of Ireland um, it's there's they call it they call it champ or it's a different variation of it which has like spring onion mm, um, ramps or something yeah yeah or ramps mm-hmm. yeah so that's really lovely um,
1: and I, I just love all these names too so I one came across uh, as interesting to me again using alcohol and it's called moonshine syllabub
2: <laughs> and when we were um, yeah, um, shooting this, we were saying syllabub. Because syllabub is is very popular. Dis- well, it's an old, old dessert in okay. Ireland and England. Uh, but it's become more popular now. But I'd never heard of it in- here. And never, I don't know. If, is, have you? It, never. It, it'll syllabub? be here, right? Soon. No. It so doesn't so
1: sound like a food to me. It's, it's
2: basically, it's cream. But when we mm-hmm. were shooting the book, I kept saying syllabub. Syllabubby makes you tubby. <laughs> But <laughs> it does look like it would do that. It's just cream, and it's basically um, it's tempered with an acid that is usually a liquid base. So mm-hmm. in this case, I use um, the traditional Irish moonshine, which is called pochine or pochine, Oh yeah, okay. And it's made it's potato alcohol, grain, sure. potato alcohol. That's strong massively stuff, strong. And you can actually get that again. It used to be illegal up until just a couple of years ago, but you can buy it now.
1: Again. Oh yeah. So. Party. Party, yeah. <laughs>
2: party at Kathy's. Poaching.
1: Okay. <laughs> <Pochin> <laughs> Sorry party. if I'm like, you know, I'm, these are very exotic to me, but the Barm Brack um, is a traditional tea bread. It is. Okay, and, so, um, yeah, okay. and so that tea bread is... Sounds like w- soda bread similar, no? It's a,
2: it, it, um, no. no, it's not quite a soda bread, but it is like a variation of so many different breads that are mm. basically like fruitcake Fruit, fruit bread, cake breads that we wouldn't have be fancy too much here. Okay. Um, but that one is lovely. It's the Halloween barnbrack. I mean, we serve it on Halloween, and inside there's usually a token. Um, it means something like if there's if you get a ring, it means that you might get married.
1: But yeah, oh, it's it's,
2: it's a lovely fruit bread. So you put stuff inside the bread, yeah, and you I have do. to wrap it in something so that you make sure you, nobody ingests <sighs> it. But um, yeah, different things like if and back in the really olden days, they'd have yeah, I think if you got like a pee, it meant that you were never gonna get married or something like terrible. Somebody was, would actually
1: do that oh. to someone and put there was a pea like, in there just to say you're never
2: gonna get married. There,
1: and also, there was
2: one that would say, like, you, you know, you were gonna die. You're gonna die.
1: <laughs> I need to make these barn brags for all my friends and then, like, see who picks which one.
2: Is that how it works? <laughs> it's you just okay. wait for them to get the slice. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, that's evil. All right. (laughs) You know what? That brings that reminds me of. There's um, a recipe in there called Mad May Eve tea cakes. Mm. Okay, Mad May Eve. Okay, so May Eve is this thing in Ireland, which is um, the evening before May first.
1: Okay. I feel like we should
2: play scary music now. (laughs) It
1: was Uh, the evening before May first.
2: It was Mad May Eve. and in, in, in our community, the priests will go around with holy water and, like, bless all of the houses and all the land and the farms okay, to keep any kind of evil spirits away. Right. Because they really, in many, many places in Ireland, really still believe in some of this really old folklore. Pagan stuff. Pagan stuff. Because May
1: Day is like a pagan holiday. Yes, yeah. and okay. that's it. And mm. so...
2: My, my in laws would say to me stories that they really honestly believe, you know, yeah. that I would think, wow, that sounds like some, I couldn't believe, you know, just mm-hmm. um, women that might, like, I, I love the idea of this. Like, for instance, maybe women might um, transform into hares, like rabbit hares, at <laughs> night after midnight and then go have tea parties. And then they, in the morning, they'd be back to women again. Oh. Or, mad naive getaway, yeah. Or if somebody left something on your on your farm or your land, like a, a piece of ham wrapped up in newspaper, it w- could mean that you'll lose everything. And <laughs> very superstitious, yeah. So, but those tea cakes are really, really good. They'll get you through any scary. They do sound
1: delightful. And now that I know that you can pack so many different meanings into it, that sounds like even more fun. <laughs> Um so so Eman, what are you going to do this Saint Paddy's Day? Um something kind of
2: you know sober and religious, uh with family or We're actually arriving back in Ireland at like six o'clock in the morning on, on Paddy's okay. Day. So I could sleep <laughs> No We'll have I'll probably do like uh, bacon and cabbage and bacon and that cabbage. that would sound good for the coming back and being comforting. I don't think I'm going to do the pot stickers this year, okay. but I really think everybody else should.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great compliment, um, and and also it, it you know the bacon and the cabbage it sounds just as simple as um, it is. I know most anything but easier you, than
2: it's easy, and that and that's another interesting thing. Like my mother in law, may she rest in peace. Um, she. You know, would always prepare the massive roast dinners for lunch every day for the farm. I mean, massive. Mm. And of course, I'm sort of taking over that. And the, the fact is, like that is the easiest thing to do, right. which it always seems so daunting. But if you're going to do oh. anything to make a roast dinner with potatoes and stuff, that's so simple. I mean,
1: a massive comforting. roast, and then yeah, potatoes, and then you can use the leftovers throughout the week yes, from that exactly. Sunday dinner. Like, yeah. I like this tradition. Um, I can't wait to try my hand at more of these Irish foods. And um, this book is so lovely. Um, Where can we find more of your writing? I guess Food 52, you got a new piece there. But um, should we check out
2: the Farmette? Yeah, farmette.ie. And um, I sometimes write for Condé Nast and... The far- Irish Farmers' turn off.
1: Excellent. What else have you got going on here in New York? Oh your trip? yes,
2: I'm launching the book tomorrow on Tuesday night at Powerhouse Arena in Brooklyn. Here in Brooklyn, fabulous. At Seven p.m. It'd be great to. Happy will you come?
1: Yes, <laughs> I will. Actually, I'm I'm right around there.
2: So uh, and will we have any um, barn bracks or any little treats? I've been told that they they have been preparing recipes from my book. They wouldn't let no me way. cook. Yeah. So yeah, and and lots of beer stout. So. so.
1: Excellent. But you must
2: come to Ireland. Come to the farm and visit us. I would love to. Seriously.
1: Wow. It sounds like a magical place. And congrats for, for maintaining that farm and, and learning how to, how to make butter and all these <laughs> wonderful cheeses for us. Um, I guess that's about all the time we have today. But thank you so much, Emen. Oh, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank all you. All right. Everyone check out the Farm at Cookbook. And we'll see you next week on Heritage Radio.